Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Join your hosts, Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Rob Fanouf. Tonight we have another listener-submitted topic, this time on prize support. After that, we have a quick review on some MDF terrain that I recently put together from Uncertain Scenery. It's a quick one tonight for us, so sit back and enjoy. Rob here, back again with Mr. Billy Smith. Hello. We're on our way home from Mountaineer, and we figured we'd share another topic that we just enjoy talking about. Prize support. Prize support's a great tool for tournament organizers to just add a little twist, a little flavor, a little flourish to any event and make it over the top. Billy, what, what is your definition of prize support? Prize support is stuff that the TO acquires through whatever nefarious means to hand out to the players as maybe kind of a, a thank you for coming to the event. Who, the, who doesn't like to win a prize? And so it just kind of adds that little bit of extra fun. And so maybe maybe you didn't win a lot, you're not doing so hot, but then you won a sweet raffle prize. You still go home, you feel like like your, your, uh, your ticket cost is well spent. You know, you spend $50, $60 to go to a tournament, maybe you walk home with a Twenty thirty dollar box of miniatures, or even an even better prize, perhaps. You feel like your money was well spent. Well said. I, I'm exactly with you. It's just something that the tournament organizer can give back, right? Um, and before we get to how you do it effectively, let's touch on a few different ways that you can actually get prize support as a tournament organizer. So obviously, the easiest way is you can just go buy it. You can allocate a portion of the tournament uh, registration fee, and just say this this pool. This budget is going to be used for prize support. And believe it or not, there's lots of companies that will let you buy at a discount if they know it's, it's in the form of prize support. Well, obviously, I've, I've never been a TO at that level, but uh, that's pretty cool. Um, what's nice about that is you can obviously uh, pick out stuff that would be useful for, for folks to have. Um, in our case, you know, it's a way that we can support Mantic Games. And um, sometimes we've been fortunate that uh, some local tournaments actually get stuff early. Like I remember last year at the Forge, they had the the Mantic Colossal Giant early, and I ended up winning that, and, uh, and I gave it to you, and I'm waiting on you. Um, so what you're saying is prize support is awesome. It is awesome. And then the year before that at the Forge, we got um, the Steel Behemoth before that came out. Right. Or right as it came out. So another way you can get prize support is you can simply ask for donations. There's a lot of companies out there that are very gracious. Um, from, from their standpoint, it's about communicating a marketing message one way they can do that is by donating or sponsoring an event. Um, I've seen it all kinds of different ways, whether it's just generic sponsoring, like, hey, Army Painter is going to sponsor our Lucy Brawl, or maybe it's Mantic Games is going to sponsor specific awards, right? Like, Mantic Games wants to sponsor or the Best General Award, for example. So th- that's, that's another option. And then a third way that you can get prize support is a little interesting, and not a a lot of tournaments do this, but you can actually have players donate stuff to your event as a prize. I know Lone Wolf does that. I know that Wapaka, back in the Warhammer days, uh, you would bring a prize of like $20, and you would get a tournament point, and it would go into a pool, which would be raffled off. I actually really like this way because, yeah, if, if a bunch of people bring 
bunch of junk, it's kind of lame. But um, I remember a couple years ago at Lone Wolf, I ended up winning. Um, they had a ton of prize sports. I think I went up there more than once. But I got uh, a box of water elementals. And then I ended up going back up, and at the time, our clubmate Dan was working on his herd, and he had gotten a box of corn gores, which, uh, pretty sure those sell for at least 50 bucks on eBay. Like, those are not cheap, but uh, it was just up there on the price support. Well, anyway, that box only had 10, and of course, he's not going to go buy another box, so I went up, and they, we got a, we got a truck. A little interruption there. We're in West Virginia. So anyway, I ended up picking up the second box of corn gores and gave it to him. And uh, I think he's used them once or twice. He's painted them. They look good. Awesome. Well, let's talk about how you distribute prize support. Because whether or not you have prize support is one thing. But really, the key is how you distribute it is, is going to bear fruit as to whether it's a really a positive thing or in some cases a negative thing uh, for players. Absolutely. And I think, as someone who doesn't win stuff, um, as far as like first place prizes and best generals and stuff, I honestly think that the people on, on, on the bottom shelf, those, those of us in the kiddie pool, you know, we're there to prop you guys up, you winners up. And so I feel like, you know, y'all are winning the trophies, you're winning the best generals, you're winning the what have you's, you get a trophy. Yeah. That's your prize. But then like, you know, toss us a bone here. Yeah. Right? So, so, so that's the first way you can distribute it. You can give it to either the winners or the losers because you can have specific awards. Like for the loser, you can have the wooden spoon. They get some random new game or something. Or the winner could 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 get an army transport case. So that's that's one way, and I would say that's the predominant way that I see it. Like the bigger events, like Adepticon, a lot of times, right? The winners get something. Uh, and we'll talk about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing in a minute, but uh, another thing, another method that's that's used to give away the raffle prizes, another way to distribute the prize support is just to raffle it off. You just put all the players' names in a hat and just start pulling randomly, right? Uh, another way is just to, and this, this spoiler alert, this is my favorite, you give them out in reverse order of finish. So you have a prize table. And then the player that's in last place comes up, picks the, the first prize, and of course he'll have the full selection of stuff. And as you get further along, he or she that comes up will get lesser prizes, if that makes sense. If you're really down on the bottom, you got a good chance of getting a really cool thing, and I think it's really important. So basically, if you're the guy in last place, you're you're going to be the one getting the mega army, or you're going right. to be the one getting the the carry case, or whatever, right. the big pack of brushes. If you're the guy, you know. First or second, you might get a, a, dice cube. A, a dice cube or a little blister, uh, you know, single miniature. Or you blister. get a blaster model. Yeah, you get a blaster model. Uh, and then the final way that I wanted to mention is that um, I've seen where you can give raffle tickets out. And you can either, I've actually seen it where you can actually sell raffle tickets. Maybe that's to help fund the, the prize pool. Or you can give out some, some amount of them to the players. And I know I've done that in an event where we had like five big prizes. And we had a small bucket in front of each, and we gave every player three tickets. And they could basically put their tickets, and they could put their tickets into one of the buckets to try to win. So they could put all three in to, to triple their odds in one one uh, for one prize, or they could spread them out and, you know, see if they get lucky. So those are kind of the ways I see it. Is there anything that I missed, Billy? I don't think so. So as we just detailed, there's a few different ways you can do it. 
Well, let's talk about some keys for price support. The first one is you got to make it fair. Everyone should hopefully win something. And for sure, if you've got enough prizes for everybody, don't start you know don't start doubling up prizes until everybody wins something. That will leave a really bad taste in uh, someone's mouth. If you don't have enough prizes for everyone, you know I I like to see the distribution shifted to the bottom. So if not everybody's going to win a prize, then the winners at the top should be the ones that get left out because they're already going to get trophies and plaques and notoriety and fame and fortune and all those things that come with that. Well, and back to the you know doubling up and tripling up before somebody gets a prize. One of uh, a Warhammer tournament I went to a long time ago is one of my first. I. I left with kind of a sour taste in my mouth because I, even members of my club were getting called up two, three, four times before I had gotten a single thing. And I was like maybe the second to last person called up. And, I, you know, I left with like a single blister bottle, which that's fine. I'm, I don't expect anything, but it's like all my friends are sitting around me with three, four things that are all worth quadruple the value of the one thing that I got. And it's just, you know, when your friends are like, look at this, I got a big box of dudes and I have a oh, little bro in a blister pack. Absolutely. And, and it, especially as a first-time event, that sucks. It leaves a, a sour taste in your mouth. Right. And then, and then another thing, another tip, is that realistically, the winners are getting trophies. All right? They're, they're going to get swag, whatever. Like I mentioned, you know, when you give them really big monetary prizes, I've seen it bring out the worst in players. You know, I, I, I think we've all heard the stories about Adepticon where top tables are yelling at each other. There's just, you know what, there's already enough pressure to win the event. You know, adding a $1,000 prize or uh, you know, a $200 mega army box. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know what, don't do it. Just go the other direction. Give it to the guy on the bottom because I can guarantee you he's going to appreciate it more. The, the last tip I'll give is you got a lot of different ways to distribute it. It's always better received when the players determine their own fate in terms of picking their own prize. So, you know, I, you could potentially say, okay, I'm going to raffle off this uh, Realm of Battle Board or this Army case. You know what? It's better to just say, I'm going to raffle off an opportunity to come to the prize table and let the player, because believe it or not, there's players that will go up there. Well, let me say this. Most players, even though most players will take the more expensive prize, there's some that will not. Some will go, you know what? I, I know this is worth more money, but to me, this other thing that's maybe less is cool. It's cool. That's what you want. Is you want the prices to be meaningful to the, uh, the people bringing. You got anything you want to add to that? If I were to go up and win a raffle for one of those, uh, like like Brian Tucker won a battle bag years ago, and it's awesome. But like, I already have a case. I I have a nice case that I like quite a bit, and it works really well for what I what I do with it. So you know, that's not something that I would prefer. So like, if if I went up to a prize table and like maybe I was the first one, and that's up there, and that's an opportunity, I probably won't grab that. You know what I mean? Um, I might get something else that, that sticks out to me. Or, if I do get that and I really like it, maybe I'll gift it to one of my cool friends. Well, I, I wanted to touch on that. If you're a veteran player listening to this right now, and you win something cool and you're sitting next to a, a new player first time at the event, you want him to come back? Hand him that thing. Give him that box of models. Give him that bag. You know, at the end of the day, nothing is more endearing than going home with something cool. It's true. I mean, they're not going home with their, their dignity. Right. They're going home with a, with a losing record, a, a, a sore sense of pride, but damn it if they don't get a cool box Dude, of Dude, you get a brand new game, covers up a lot of ass beans. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, let's touch on some of the uh, 
different types of prizes that we've seen. Obviously, I'm going to start with swag. I love swag. And swag, to me, just means things that are tied specifically to the event. Um, it can be, in my case, for Blue Seed Roll, a ton of widgets, right? Whether that's tokens or uh, turn counters or measuring rulers. Um, but it can also be stickers, buttons, T-shirts, balloons, whatever. You know what? Swag. What, what, did I miss any feeling? I am a sucker for, like, things with things printed on it. Especially when it comes to this hobby, things that are useful, you know? Tools, widgets. Tools and widgets. This weekend, we got uh, a little arc widget, and it's tight. I mean, it's like an inch, an inch long. It's real small, and it's a uh, business card. What's awesome is, you know, I, I got my registration, and uh, Chris handed me, you know, here are some widgets, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's a cool thing to have because it's useful. I put it in my accessories box. Now I've got several. You know, if I lose one or my opponent needs one or there you go. I need to mark there you my go. units. So when, when I'm playing the next time and that person doesn't have a really small arc of sight, because you're like in a delicate combat, I'm gonna. Oh, we got two. Yep. And I already have some in my box. I'm gonna give them one. So look. And now that company hopefully uh, will get some name recognition for a new player that wasn't, you know, that didn't know about it at first. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree. Um, and then like stickers. Uh, Lone Wolf does dice. Um, all those things are cool. Like everybody likes little things. Uh, I, I I get new stickers. My my army case has stickers. All over the thing. So if I get a new sticker at an event, or if I get a new sticker at, you know, I went to I went on vacation in Norway, and I was like, I went to a breakfast joint, slapped their sticker on there. So people like this crap. You can get it all the time, right? And you know, swag. You can also call it mementos, right? Absolutely. Things that are like the reminders, physical reminders. I mean, we all have the memories. Yeah. But like looking at your case and going, oh yeah, black eyed P vodka, black eyed right. vodka, down in Fort Worth, Texas. That was a great tournament that, we had, that Jeff put on, you know? It's amazing. Um, I guess people don't really realize it, but trophies are also part of the prize support. And I think I like pri- I like trophies that are very unique. And Living Legends, shout out to Jeff, gave out some really cool stuff. He gave out engraved bottles of vodka. And he gave out, like, uh, engraved cups and glasses. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that take home and you might use it in, in the future and you just it's it's a it's a physical reminder of man i had a great time at that event and i won this you know i mean it might be for last place but you remember so another key about prize support is be careful if you get really big prizes and you have people coming in that are flying that's that's that can be an issue um and that leads me to the next point was don't forget about gift certificates if you're going to give out prizes or if you're, you're you're buying stuff from a local from a gaming store or a manufacturer, or they're donating, sponsoring the event, and they're donating stuff, get a gift certificate. And you know, uh, those travel very easily with people. Also, top tip: don't give them a hundred dollars. Give them ten dollars because you know what happens. You can't buy much for ten dollars, but you know what you do do? You gotta go in the store and you gotta spend ten bucks. You're a big fan of uh, gift, gift certificates. I, yeah, I'm a big fan of gift certificates because I think they're sm- they're smaller, they're compact. You know, I won a gift certificate this weekend to Troll Horde Games. Shout out. Um, Chris Fisher, thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I'm, I'm going to go on there and do some shopping. Uh, but like you said, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to spend $20 or what have you. So I'm, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to look for some other stuff. He gave you a little taste. Give me a little it's taste. like book dealers. But you know what? That that makes a difference and it makes makes you want to buy stuff. So I like, I like gift certificates quite a bit. The only problem is if it's for an FLGS, that's 
usually not going to work. I mean, I know well, you, you got to give them time to go for the, especially if they're coming from out of town. Right. Actually, I did win a gift certificate to the FLGS. Uh, your you hobby place, hobbies. Your hobby place. Your hobby place. And uh, thanks again, to Chris Fisher and family. Amazing guys, by the way. Yeah, it was a super great store, and we ended up getting some uh, terrain for Star Wars Legion while we were there. With awesome. that. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's just nice, you know, because then it it's. It stinks, right, when you go home with a model that maybe you have nothing to use it for. You know, yeah. there's no reason for you to have this. And so a gift certificate is a nice way because, you know, if I'm thinking, wow, I won, I won $20. I can go on here and get this box I've had my eye on. That, that's always nice. So the last uh, tip I want to give is if you're working with a friendly local gaming store, whether they're holding the event or in the case of this one, they're sponsoring it with gift cards and stuff. Work with them. and Don't step on their toes. You know, some people... Some stores would appreciate. I think they would appreciate it if you know we're, you're not giving out stuff that the people, could, the local players, could buy from the store. So you know, keep that in mind. Uh, be, be cognizant of, of their feelings because uh, you want them to be happy. Because if they're giving you stuff, you hopefully they'll give you stuff next year. Um, and then the final tip that I, that I want to give just to everybody that's going to an event: don't expect anything. Price support is all, is is the icing on a great weekend. It's the, it's the icing, the cherry on a cake. If you if you win something, great. If you lose something, you know you don't win anything. That you had a great weekend. Um, I will say, if you felt like man, I Billy, when we were at that event you mentioned, and you were like, oh, my friends got three prizes. I'll maybe mention it to the TO and say, hey, you know, I, I really recommend this other way to distribute prizes that feels more equitable. To you know, if you're going to distribute prize support, some more equitable method. Maybe point to an event that does it differently. I mean, shout out, really, this all, all all of my good ideas come from Todd Perkins, who ran a Warhammer event eons ago. I came in, I don't know where, but maybe like middle of the pack, and he just, before he gives out the awards, he just starts calling off names. And then it dawns on me, he's giving out raffle prizes in order of, in, in reverse order of finish. And I'm like, this is genius, because he actually had 40 people in the event, and he had 40 prizes. Everybody got something, but you knew who got the ghoul prize? The guy that got his teeth kicked in all weekend. You knew who got the dice cube? Probably Keith Randall and Robert Brandon. But, you know, point is the winner. So final thoughts for me. Players, don't expect prize support. Speaking as a TO, it's freaking ridiculously hard to get stuff. You might send out 50 emails, and you might get 10 responses, and 9 of them probably say no. Most of the time, you don't get any response. So it's a thankless, it's a thankless effort sometimes. Obviously, if the TO puts in a little bit more effort, make sure that the message is catered. They might get a better response rate. Regardless, it's not an easy thing. So, you know, if you get it, if, if there is price support, great. If not, you know, it's not the end of the world. TOs, one thing I would like to see you do is don't use this as a, as a uh, marketing tool for your event. I'm not going to go to your event because you have price support. Now, I will say, if you have a really cool widget, that might get me there. But but offering you know the hey I've got a big box of models or I've got the the worst the worst spenders are I've got six thousand dollars worth of stuff to give away puts players on the wrong track we're not there to win prizes nope we're there to play games with our friends prizes, well said prizes are just icing on the cake like you said any other final thoughts from you Billy I think that's about it for me I wait well, I, 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 no truck's coming. Aw, oh, damn it. Welcome back to Counter Charge. 
And next up, I'd like to do a quick review on some new terrain that I recently acquired. The, the terrain is from a company called Uncertain Scenery, and they make an, uh, a fairly robust line of MDF terrain. Uh, most of the stuff is, is focused on modern slash sci-fi, but there is a small growing range of fantasy. Um, their dead zone terrain is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Rich Hall from Lansing showed off their dead zone board, and holy crap, is it cool. Uh, using their board... You don't even need the mat. It completely covers a 2x2 two two area, and all of the 3x3 three three inch markings are already on the boards. And uh, really, really awesome looking stuff. Frankly, it's the nicest dead zone stuff I've ever seen. But enough about sci-fi. We're here to chat about fantasy, because we are a Kings of War podcast. I was recently uh, I recently attended a one-day event up in Lansing, Michigan, near the end of July. And I was lucky enough to win a raffle prize, and which included a, a castle wall section and a castle tower from Uncertain Scenery. So I've already put both pieces together. They're not painted yet. I should also mention that I wouldn't consider myself an expert MDF builder. I've built some. However, I am a pretty damn good terrain builder. So I went into this project fairly confident. Here are my thoughts. The packaging for the product was great. For the wall section in particular, it's just a bunch of MDF panels that were bundled together with instructions on a corrugated backer and then shrink wrapped. So minimal packaging, easy to open, awesome. Next up, I want to talk about the instructions. So the instructions were amazing. First of all, the fact that they even had instructions is something right there because I can't think of a single company that's given me instructions with my MDF kits in the past. Typically, it's either pointing to a website or they're pointing to a YouTube channel to show me a video of how it's assembled. The instructions they included were really, really great. They were very detailed, step-by-step with very large pictures, so it was very easy to follow. You can really tell... The guys at this company are obviously engineers at heart. Um, one addition you could make to improve the instructions would be to actually label the pieces both on the, the MDF sheets and in the instructions, give it a name like Castle Wall Section 1 and actually have that listed on the instructions and then have it actually burned near the piece on the MDF because I think there was enough room on the MDF to actually add some names. Now, I will say that's probably more f- geared towards a beginner. Most of the pictures were pretty self-evident what you're what you were supposed to get. So what did I think about building them? Kit was amazing. Uh, the kit went together like butter. Um, I should mention that they have two different thicknesses of MDF. They have a three millimeter for most of the kit, which is around an eighth of an inch. And then they have 1.5 millimeter for the more decorative elements that are used to cover up seams. The pieces were held in place with a minimum amount of connection points. Um, I think typically two pieces, two connection points, which made removal very easy. I've done kits in the past where they had like five or four connection points in your spending your whole time with an exact knife not cutting these pieces out. Because there was only two connection points, they, they really clipped out pretty quickly, and you were up and running very, very fast. Um, I actually assembled the kit using wood glue. I just brushed the wood glue on the pieces and then put the pieces together and held them together with small plastic spring clamps and rubber bands. Um, the instructions remind you, and this is another reminder for me, make sure you dry fit everything together before you glue it up because there's nothing worse than getting it all glued up and realizing it doesn't fit. Another tip is make sure you're wiping off the excess glue. I was typically just used a wet paper towel, or if it was in a, a corner section that was hard to get to, I would just use a wet Q-tip. One thing that was very different about this kit was they actually had some angled cuts that you had to make. Um, several pieces had me removed MDF at a 45 degree angle along a, uh, an indicator line. Typically, this was done along the top of the walls, like where the crenellations are. And then once you sanded it down, basically you had this 45 degree angled surface that you could glue extra textures on. So it really, really made for a very dynamic looking building, but it 
it was definitely something that I had not done before. And, you know, at first I was like, ooh, this looks a little rough. The neat, the neat thing about it, though, is even if you make a messy cut, you're going to glue it all together and then you can sand it down and then it's all covered up by trim pieces. So uh, that was a nice touch. I also want to mention that the terrain kits had very, very nice detail, uh, both what was burned into the 1.5 millimeter decorated trim but also by using multiple layers of the, even the three millimeter stuff where you had basically interesting reliefs by having cutouts in the, in the, that were stacked up. So uh, hard to really explain. It's one of those things you got to see. And I also need to mention that I love how the tower and the wall fit together. They actually have little wooden clips that, that plug in and push things together. And on the castle tower, it's amazing. The The top comes off, which is cool, but then they actually have removable windows and door panels. Um, and the doors actually open and close, which is, how unbelievable is that? I would say this was an amazing, amazing kit. I posted my progress as I was going along on the Countercharts Facebook page, and much to my surprise, Craig Burks from the company just chimed in and said, hey, how's it going? That's a nice touch. It's nice to know that you have a, a company that really cares about the, the experience that the customer is getting. And also looking to get feedback from the customer to improve their product. Because honestly, uh, they want to make what you want to use, right? So it's in their best interest. And and Craig is a super nice guy. Talking to Richard, he's done all kinds of cool stuff for Richard in terms of custom scenery. So I'm looking forward to doing much more of this stuff in the future. And uh, for me, two thumbs up. UncertainScenery.com. Check it out. Uh, It's great stuff. And you will not be disappointed. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Mm-hmm.